Welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. If you'd like to listen to the full episode of the Build Up podcast this week, then you can find us on all good podcast apps by searching the Build Up on Balls.ie. I've got PJ Brown in studio with me now and Stephen Ferris on the line to chat rugby. Stephen, uh, it wasn't the perfor- the swashbuckling performance we'd hoped for against Scotland at the weekend, but given your prediction that Ireland wouldn't get, uh, wouldn't beat the handicap, was it the type of game you actually expected? Yeah, I think it was. Um, Ireland a little bit rusty. You know, everybody seems to forget that Ireland lost in a, in a World Cup quarterfinal not so long ago and the manner of the, of the defeat, I'm sure... So it was was something that um, a lot of Irish fans will, I suppose, never forget the result, of the the end of it all. But I think from the players' point of view, you know, it's going to take a bit to get over that. Um, and you know, at home, first game, you'd expect them to come out with a bit of fireworks and they get off to a great start. But I think ultimately, in, in the end, they sort of ran out of a bit of steam. Um, you know, it was the same old faces that were that, that finished the game that finished the game at the World Cup in Japan. So for me, I think this is a team certainly in transition that are trying to implement some of Andy Farrell's game plan, some of the combinations. You know, Mike Katz obviously in there, a new scrum coach also. Um, and I thought that 14-point handicap last week, considering you know Scotland um, going through a bit of turmoil, especially with the Finn Russell um, saga that we've all been chatting about, as, as maybe brought the, those guys closer together and you know, first game up, you're never ever going to roll over. And that 14 point handicap was, in my opinion, massive, and it turned out to be the right call. So, yeah, I think much more to improve on from Ireland. I think the biggest positive for me out of it all was that you know the the hunger, and determination, and uh, the work rate and defence. You know, I'm working hard for one another was was really evident for everybody to see. But it's going to take more than that to, to beat some of these teams coming up. Hey. Are we also maybe not giving Scotland, I suppose, enough credit? A lot of us were, were saying, oh, you know, it's a scrappy game or whatever. But Scotland came to town, they, they put in a good performance and only for that hog, uh, dropping, dro- hog dropping that ball over the training, they could have got away, you know, they could have gotten a win. Yeah, I think obviously if Hog had dotted that down and Scotland had landed the conversion, it would have been a tight game. Um, and, you know, I suppose when you look at it overall, um, did Scotland deserve to win the game? Me personally, I thought the better team lost on the day. Um, they, they played a great brand of rugby. The intensity that they brought to their attack, they were making gain lines all the time. And yes, CJ Stander and Josh Van der Fleer, Peter Abahmi were making lots of tackles, but they were making tackles on the back foot. You know, the, those Scottish lads were, were, were running over them. Um, there was a lot of soak tackles made and it seemed to be a little bit too easy at times for Scotland. And then all of a sudden when Scotland got to... 10 and 15 yards out from the Irish line they seemed to really up their, their line speed they seemed to really up their physicality and the tackle and they were stopping the Scottish lads dead so I think um, you know Scotland brought a lot to the game and a fair play to them uh, I thought Adam Hastings went really well at 10 I'm still not convinced by their two centres uh, I'm just not sure what Hugh Jones is, is all about he seems to have lost a lot of form over the last couple of years um, and you know with, with the pace and excitement that they have on their wings 
you know, I really feel that the, the centre partnership that they've had last week was a, was a slight weakness. But they have a chance. They got something out of the game against Ireland. They got a point, and they're welcoming the mighty old England to uh, to the Murrayfield. So um, yeah, it's going to be a great game. Stephen, as a player, when you see a teammate drop a ball like uh, Stuart Hogg did, like how, how would you, how would you feel? <laughs> At the time, it would be like, oh, Jesus, what's he done? Yeah, um, yeah I, I suppose you know, Scotland were in the ascendancy. They were playing really well at that moment in time. And then when something like that happens, it can just it can just stop all the momentum in, in, a, in a halt. And I think it's sort of done that. Once that happened, you never really thought that Scotland were going to win the game. Um, and I know there was plenty of time left on the clock but, you know, after that happened, but it just seemed to be... It just seems to be that Scotland, any time they come to Dublin, the, the Viva Stadium, they, they butcher a number of chances. Um, I, I think you can look at a few other occasions when they were five yards out from the line where you know they get turned over a couple of times. I think there was a knock-on and contact also and then the drop ball over the line. So there were three or four occasions where Scotland could have capitalised. But um, again, the endeavour, uh, hunger that, that Ireland showed in defence paid off in the end. and um, Ultimately, it was Ireland's defence that won them the game for, in my eyes. Um, so yeah as a player looking at Stuart Hall yes you have a bit of sympathy but you know, it, it was a moment in the match that, that could have swayed it towards Scotland and, and could have resulted in, in them getting a big win in Dublin but not to be uh, Looking ahead to this week's game against Wales uh, Stephen you've seen the team selection a couple of force changes on Andy Farrell but we expect him to see any more changes than just that? Uh, no no it wasn't um, I think Considering his, considering his team selection last week, um, I wasn't surprised that he would roll out this, this, um, the same group of lads, really. Um, I know Robbie Henshaw comes in there. Uh, Peter Amati comes in. It seems to be, you know, Mark, when you look, you look at the, the history of, of Ireland over the last five or six years especially, um, you know, those names that I just mentioned there, they seem to have really big performances at home. You know, they always seem to turn up at home for Ireland. Um, and, and maybe Andy's had a look at that uh, in the previous records. You know, these boys turn up um, time in and time out for, for Ireland when, they, when they're at home. Um, and yeah, I, I can understand it. But again, I would like to see, I would like to see more experimental team. And that's me looking as as a fan rather than being a player in the camp. I suppose um, you know those guys are looking to win trophy a trophy at the end of this. And they're they're looking to try and get five wins out of five, and it doesn't matter if they win by one point and they win ugly. You know that's that's the way they'll be looking at this championship, where you and I and uh, and and the rest looking on will be wanting to see a bit more of a, of a game plan, more expansive rugby, like the John Cooney getting a go, Max Deegan obviously he's on the bench, but a few more changes in there just to see Irish rugby evolve a little bit. Um, and who knows, we might see out over the next few weeks. Do you think uh, Gary Ringrose is going to be a big loss this weekend? He looked like one one of the more creative Irish players against Scotland. It looked like he could spark some some create opportunities. Yeah, he, he's a player that can obviously spark spark something in a match. Um, you know, I think he was probably one of the few that come out of the Rugby World Cup. Um, you know, as one of the shining lights, he, he was superb throughout the Rugby World Cup. Um, he seemed to pick up where he left off there uh, on Saturday and, and created a little bit. Um, and then in the second half, I, I thought you know, he was a bit of a loss, actually. There just doesn't, didn't seem to be that creativity. Um, he's, he's got such a good outside break. He 
he seems to read the game very, very well and, and attack. And I think him and Jordan Larmer seem to link up a little bit more in the first half um, rather than was slightly different in the second half. So, yeah, he, he's an important part of this Irish team. He's an important part of it going forward. So if he had to get a procedure on his hand and not risk any further damage, then, then that's what he had to get done. So, yeah, it, of course... Uh, Again, in my opinion, he's going to be a, a big loss, and I think Robbie Henshaw has got to make up for lost time because he was he was so so poor against um, against New Zealand in that World Cup quarter final. I know, granted, he didn't have much rugby leading up to that game, um, but at the same time, he'll be looking to to make up for uh, for some of that lost time in an Irish Irish jersey, and hopefully, he goes well this weekend. Uh, and as well, I suppose to look at it was very unfortunate for Caelan Doris the way his debut went, but I was yeah, very excited yeah. to see what Max Deegan can do from the bench this weekend. Yeah, extremely disappointing. You know, that's something that you, you look uh, at, at the team sheet and the first thing you see is Caelan Doris. You know, <coughs> he's he zero caps in in the book, um, in, in the Magic program. And you just want it to go well for him. You know, you just want him to, to have an okay game um, to get through 80 minutes or 60 minutes or whatever, however long he's going to be on for and just come out of it with some confidence and for him to suffer that, that head knock pretty early on four minutes into your international debut is, is pretty hard to take so um, yeah he, he's you know I, I just say that's a little bit unlucky to be honest uh, and hopefully we'll see a bit more of him further on in the tournament but this is another opportunity now for Max Deegan who for me, I probably would have started in the first game anyway. Um, I think he's, he, what he brings, he's, he's a bit of a raw talent. Brian O'Driscoll's talked over the last couple of weeks about having you know, a bit of fight and a bit of dog and some of the characters in the pack, and he thought that that was maybe lacking slightly. Um, and I think Max Deegan gives you a little bit of that, um, the way he carries the ball. Um, he's a real athlete, um, really, really athletic off the base of the scrum if he ever has to slip into number eight. Um, and yeah, he, he, he's a bit. He, he he comes across as a bit of a free spirit. He comes across as somebody who just does his own thing. You know, if a coach is telling him to do one thing, he if he thinks something else is on, he'll do it. Uh, and I kind of like that about him. Yeah. And I think his his form for for Leinster has been nothing but sensational this this season. And he's actually kept Doris out a few times out of a, the European Hiding Cup squad. So um, yeah, it, it's going to be brilliant for him to. To get his test debut, and he's a big unit. He seems like a strong-minded character, and I wish him all the best. In terms of Wales, whatever about Ireland or England, especially Wales are showing no no sign of a World Cup hangover after that uh, massive win over Italy at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a huge win, and everybody was expecting Italy to put up a bit of a fight. You know, we all want Italy to do well. We're sick of talking about. At the end of the championship, oh, should they be relegated? Somebody else brought in. Should there be, you know, a, a different process involved to, to, because of our, the, the relegation kind of thing? Um, and to be honest, I think Saturday was another example that um, maybe there does need to be does need to be change. Um, you, you just look at what Italy brought to the table, and the honest answer was absolutely nothing. Um, it doesn't matter if you play Italy at the start of the championship, in the middle of the championship, or the end of the championship. You're going to get the same old Italy, and and that's you know a, a team that hasn't evolved at all over the last couple of years. If anything, seems to be going steady backwards. I know Francis Smith is involved in, uh, in an interim role, but like it, it's really disheartening to see a, a team you know ship over forty points in an international competitive international game 
Um, and you know, unfortunately for them, they've got they've got the French away from home, and you know, even the handicap at the weekend for I think it's twenty eight points or something, or twenty four, twenty five points in uh, France's favour. You'd almost fancy them to blow that away. Yeah, we were just thinking it's twenty six points at Lavrox dot com, and we we're looking at twenty six points. Yeah, yeah. it look it seems short, which is weird to say, but uh, definitely. I know. I uh, know. In terms of Ireland ways, last weekend you had said that um, that you didn't think Ireland were going to beat the handicap. You were dead right. This weekend, uh, Ireland are eight to fifteen favourites. The handicap is four points. What way do you see this one going? Yeah. Um it would be easy for me to say, oh, do you know what, I think it's going to be tighter in around the handicap. I think Ireland are going to put in a much more improved performance. Um, I can see uh, those couple of you know familiar faces and, and the leadership and experience that Robbie Henshaw and Peter O'Mahony bring. Um, they'll be chomping at the bit after being left out of the squad initially uh, last weekend. So, yeah, for me, I think Ireland are going to beat that handicap. I, I think they're going to win by maybe six, seven points, maybe even eight or nine, if they can get a good run at it. I think uh, one thing we've got to remember is that the weather is due to close in on Saturday. Um, it's due to get windy. Uh, I think there's rain forecast in the afternoon. Hopefully, um, you know, with, with this fixture being earlier, that, that we miss a bit of that, but you got to take that into consideration also. So that will tighten the game up, if anything. So, yeah, I'm expecting a, a brilliant test match, a, a really good test match. But for me... Ireland need to improve significantly and uh, if they can do that they should beat Wales by, by more than four points Good stuff and then on Sunday obviously Scotland against England you predicted here last week when you were in the studio with us you said that France would beat England you were the only person I think I saw anywhere in the media predicting that so fair play to you with that one but you also then said you think thought England were going to bounce back and win the championship given the nature of England's display do you think that they're still capable of doing that? Yeah it's a good question Mark actually and the, my answer is has probably changed a little bit from from last week, and um, you know some of these comments by Eddie Jones coming out and saying that you know he's going to make them the best team in the world, and um, you know blah de blah. And, uh, before your first Test match against France, and France you know, had, had a big point to prove um, with all the new faces that they have coming on board. So yeah, not like I just can't understand why why are they not playing with the number eight? Like it, it just doesn't it just doesn't make sense. So if, if anybody in the media says to Eddie Jones, uh, you need to play Don Brandt or you need to play um, somebody else, he will go and do the exact opposite of whatever everybody else wants. <laughs> and like Tom Curry has not played number eight in an international jersey, in a club jersey. He has never, ever played number eight. And he was thrown into the mix against France last weekend. Uh, and I just don't get it. I, I just don't get it at all. And do you know what? Tom Curry actually had half these game. I think it was Underhill um, that struggled a little bit more and Courtney Laws, who was playing in the back row, that struggled a little bit also. It just didn't seem to have that uh, that cohesion and they didn't seem as dynamic a, a trio. I know when you bring Billy Vinopola in there, it makes, it makes a big difference with the ball carrying ability. But I, I just can't see it. And you flip it over, the, the back row for, for Scotland actually went pretty decent against Ireland. So, um, look, I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to say that, that England are going to pip this and are going to win this match. Um, and put Breaker Townsend under equal pressure. Uh, but I, I can see it being a little bit closer than the eight points. If you're a player and, Stephen, and you hear uh, your coach, Eddie Jones, saying that he wants you to be the best team in the world and also you're going to bring the brutality and make France kind of realise what Test Rugby is all about, would you prefer if he wasn't saying that? Does it put like more pressure on the players? 
yeah, like you can say it in camp. You know, there's there's nothing wrong with being in a meeting and saying, like, listen, guys, I want this team to be the best team in the world. What we're doing over the next three to four years, coming up the next World Cup, I want us to be winning Six Nations. I want us to be winning summer tours away from home. You know, this is what I expect from you guys. This is um, the expectation that, you know, I'm putting on you guys. That's fair enough. But don't come out and say it to the media uh, before the first match and then end up getting beaten. Keep it all in-house and and, and fund the lads up and give them as much confidence as you want. But don't give the media an excuse to get on their back. And that's exactly what he did. He threw the dog a bone like and now they're all over it. Um, And you would think he would be a bit more experienced than that. He said... Uh, he said a number of times over the last few months about you know how he got it wrong in the World Cup final and how you know he wish he could have went back and changed a few things and his coaching. Well, I think in one of the interviews he done said he, he didn't coach well enough in that week leading up to the World Cup final and he's going to do everything he, he can to coach better and be a better person and everything else. That's that, that that's that's no problem coming out with that with that. But in terms of the team and speaking on behalf of, of other players to say that they're going to be the best best in the world. I think uh, he's better just keeping all that information in house and, uh, and giving the lads the confidence, as I said, there to, to, to kind of think that and believe that. But um, you know, geez, we all know what the English media is like; they're all over it. And um, you know, if they if they stumble at another hurdle this weekend away to Scotland, which could very possibly happen, um, you know, there's going to be heaps and heaps of pressure put on the Eddie Jones. It's definitely an intriguing match, uh, Stephen. Thanks very much for taking the time to chat to us. Cheers, lads. Appreciate it. Great stuff there from Stephen. Uh, PJ, I'm really excited about this Scotland-England game. I obviously am excited for Ireland-Wales. But Scotland-England, I mean, Scotland love nothing better than beating England. Yes. No matter how bad their own Six Nations is going. And last week's performance, while they didn't beat Ireland, would fill you with a bit of hope that they can give them a real game here. Definitely. The, Scotland looked more, looked up. I, th- I think uh, Andy Farrell said uh, at the Irish press conference yesterday he has never seen a Scotland team play like that be up for a game so much imagine what they're going to be like against England yeah which like, like you said if Scotland beat England then well the rest of the situations doesn't really matter to them <laughs> like you know <laughs> exactly but it is shaping up to be a great game we can't wait but obviously Ireland wins and it's good to get Seaman's usually on the money with his predictions so if he's thinking Ireland can win I was kind of looking at it going Jesus Ireland's favourites for this game in the Aviva um, I don't know but if, look, if 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 Stevens if Stephen has faith, then I have faith. Uh, yeah, his, his prediction was very good last week, thinking that uh, Ireland were not worth that fourteen point handicap. But I think I'm feeling like a little bit differently to him this week. The I think these are two very close teams, and Wales are Wales are a good price. So we might hear some more about that later on. The big shout. Oh, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. <laughs> if you are having a bet uh, this week in the rugby or indeed anything else, be sure to gamble responsibly. You can visit dunlewy.net for more informa- for more information. Up next, it's our rolling charity challenge. It's still dangerous for Dublin pedestrians. Oh. Yes, man slips on ice. Classic it's, Atlantic. It was it was a fitting sort of calamity theme sting or theme song, whatever you want, for this segment. Until this week, we're finally off the mark, PJ. This is where we're trying to build ten euro up to a thousand euro for charity. Labrooks has given us a tenner. To be honest, Labrooks has given us three tenors because we could never get off the mark. But finally, look, it's up to the voters. Everybody on Boss Daddy was voting all last week, and we had to give you two choices. It was Liverpool to beat Southampton or Donegal to beat Mead. They should have went with Donegal. 
But they yes. went with Liverpool to beat Southampton. Wasn't as good of odds, but still, look at we're off the mark. A win is a win. We went with the Liverpool vote one in the end, so we're up to twelve fifty now. So this week we've decided what to put our, put our twelve fifty on. So you can we're going to put this up on site. You can vote on either of our selections. Myself and PJ are going to go. We've picked one each, so we're kind of going against each other this week. So PJ, what selection have you got, Mark? I have got Sligo to beat Wicklow in the Division Four of the Allian Football League. Uh, Sligo. Hadn't won a game in 18 months up until a few weeks ago when they beat, uh, when they went to London, beat London. They won again last weekend. They can't stop with them. They beat Antrim, despite kicking 13 wides against Antrim. Uh, I think they're going to keep the momentum going this weekend and they're going to beat Wicklow at Fortress Jewel Park, Ockram. I feel like Fortress, maybe Ockram isn't as big as a fortress we make it out to be sometimes. <laughs> it's not the strongest fortress no. in Ireland. But yeah, I, I like that pick. I do like that pick. I'm going to go with Sheffield United against Bournemouth. They're going to go for Sheffield United to win. Um, I think we'll be talking about this. We'll talk about this later on in the football, I'm sure. Uh, Sheffield United are on a great run up to, I think it's six now in the table. Um, they're really impressive. They're only one of the few, there's only a few games on this week, obviously, with the winter break. So that's my selection. Slightly better odds, I think, than the Sligo Wicklow one. So, although it's more of, a, it's more of a, an unpredictable one, I think. But look, uh, they're two good choices, but it's not us, PJ, that are going to make this decision in the end. It is it's up the to the people. It's up to the people. It's up to the listeners and it's up to the boss at e-readers. There's a lot of important votes on this week, but there are a few more important than this. So uh, get on to boss at e. You'll see it in the bottom of all our articles. You can place your vote and then we will decide what to put the 1250 on to. We're, we're, we're off the mark, PJ. We're going to go. We're going to do it. Let's hope democracy works this time. Exactly. Um, let's get Donny Mahoney in the studio, shall we? Let's play some, let's speak in GA, let's play GA against the handicaps and see if someone can finally dethrone you. I'm all up for this. <laughs> 